What is up, Cubs fans? How we doing? I am going live for the first time this season. I've been doing a lot of post-game recaps. I'm probably going to let you guys file in here a little bit slowly. I am live on Twitter on my page of the very short-lived podcast I did called True Blue Cubs. That was a fun one. I only did about five or six episodes. They're still available wherever you listen to podcasts. And it was essentially me interviewing Cubs fans about why they love the Cubs, but also talking a little current Cubs, but it was mostly about what it's like to be a Cubs fan overall. So I think if I remember right, I would do about hour-long episodes and I'd get a, the guest history with the Cubs, why they became a Cubs fan, so forth. And then uh, talk about their favorite moment at Wrigley, the, the first game they went to, um, like what it means to be a Cubs fan, what they look forward to, all that kind of stuff. And then we talk present day type of thing, you know, and then and sometimes predict the future. That was a fun podcast. I stopped doing that one. Hold on, let me just... I want to go to this and tell people I'm live so they can check it out right now. See, my guys at San Ranto, there's three of them. So they have guests and are that guest, but they have, uh, when one person's looking up something on the phone, someone else could tell them, hey, check this out. All right. I could just go it alone uh, for the time being. And then people, if they're listening, they want to check it out. Sure. If not, I'll, I'll release this as a podcast on the True Blue Cubs podcast. Now, um, I, I, I'm not going to say the name because I'm, I'm a little worried. I think I'm not allowed to do another podcast for a while. Cubs related. I could be wrong. Let me, let me, let me figure this out. All right. For those of you who don't know, cause I will release this as a podcast, even though I don't think anybody's listening live right now, which again, is totally fine. I had done um, a baseball podcast called comedians talking baseball with my good comedian friend, Mike Bridenstein. And the two of us, once a week, would talk about the week that was in Major League Baseball. We would also nerd out on some stats. We were big sabermetric guys. And talk. Uh, we talked Cubs a lot because we're both huge Cubs fans. But we talked about the whole league, you know. And that was fun. And then I moved back to Chicago. And that really, we really couldn't keep doing that. Um, people weren't doing podcasts over the internet like they are now with what Zoom and I use StreamYard. And it's amazing how Skype dropped the ball and all that because they were kind of ahead of the game and then they just got lazy. And then Zoom went right by them and now there's all sorts of other services. Very few people I, I know use Skype. And um, then I was started doing the Cubs recaps during the 2020 season. I'd even actively tweet about the Cubs until I want to say 2018. Um, or, or really, I tweeted here or there. Like, obviously, when they won the World Series, I was doing a bunch of tweets in the 2015, 2016 runs. I just didn't know that Cubs Twitter was a thing. Uh, as a comedian, I used Twitter just to throw some funny shit up every now and then and be like, hey, I'm going to be at this club this weekend. If you're around, buy a ticket, please. That type of thing. So I didn't know there was a whole community of people talking about the Cubs every day, live tweeting the game. That was an interesting thing for me where they'd be like, oh, scores two two in the third that i kind of like a little bit because you know if you're somewhere where you can't watch the game you get some people giving you updates that was very cool and then um i 2018 i started tweeting more about them so then twitter was like oh you like the cubs here are other people who tweet about the cubs so i started noticing other people in my timeline some people started following me i started following them back so forth 2018 season of course ended terribly uh a real heartbreaker of an ending and that's where I started to realize, man, there are some negative Cubs fans out there because I remember 
people being like, this is the Cubs I know and love blowing a lead in September and all that. And I was just like, I mean, really that quickly we're back to the lovable losers. We won 95 fucking games, dude. We won 95 games in 2018. Yeah. It had a horrible ending, but there was some, there were some factors there that you bring up not to use as excuses, but to use as reasons you could say, you know, it's fair. I remember bringing up some, some things where it's like they played 41 games in a 42 day stretch or something like that, or 40 and 41 that at the time had never been done. It was a weird thing where there was rain delays and then it caused this backlog of games at the end of the season that they had to make up and the schedule became grueling. And then they hit a funk at the worst possible time and blah, 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 of course. And everyone's like, ah, oh, just making excuses. I'm like, no, I mean, this is look, you got to figure out why something happens. Trying to figure out why went why things went wrong is a good thing. And things didn't even go as wrong as people believe. The Cubs went 16 and 12 in the month of September. That's very good. It is, you know, that's a great, that's a solid pace. You know, if you win 16 games every month, what's that? 16 times six or six months in a season? Come on, Joe, show off that public school education. Well, I went to a Catholic high school. Uh, CPS for grade school, though. There's Joe Kilgallen fun fact, right? 16 times, I know 16 times five is 90. So this times six should be very easy. 96. It's a 96 win pace. They won 95 that year. So it's a great pace. You win 16 games a month. And the difference is that the Brewers just went on an insane run. They were like 19 and four or something like that. 19 and five. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was nuts. They tie us at the end of the season. We do a, a game 163, a tiebreaker game. They ended up winning that. It was sort of like two to one. And then we lose in the wild card, another score of like two to one. We just couldn't hit. And I remember Theo famously said in the postseason press conference that he would do, he's like, somewhere along the way, our offense broke. And I believe when he said that, he thought, oh, this will be a, a free agent offseason like the last few free agencies in which I'm allowed to go out there and spend as I will. Wasn't the case. That was at the same time that the Cubs, I think, fucked up their renovation plans. Tom Ricketts is on record saying that they like went way over the renovation budget. Then he realized, ooh, that was maybe a dumb thing to say out loud. The renovation budget has nothing to do with the team operation. That's what they say. They always tell you that. Uh, and I'm not a big Ricketts hater like everyone else. Uh, I, I wish the team was run completely differently um, because I just think they made colossal mistakes these last handful of years. You know, take the politics away from that. Every owner of a sports team is going to have politics you may not like. So that I've just learned to accept. You know, if I hated every team because of political whatever, I wouldn't have many teams to like. That's just the nature of it, right? So uh, I, I met Tom Ricketts once. Very, he was very nice. He was cool. He was a nice guy. Um, talked baseball, and he knew baseball, too. It wasn't just another owner. He seemed to know what was what. I remember they had just signed Martin, not Martin Morrow. That's a friend of mine. They just signed Brandon Morrow. Uh, and I remember going like, Morrow, that's, that's a nice get right there. And then he said, well, hopefully the Dodgers didn't overpitch him. And I was thinking like, yeah, that's true. He, cause the, in the, he made an appearance in every playoff game in that Dodgers run, but he was nasty. He was unbelievable. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. And apparently when the Cubs signed him, the rule was don't pitch him three days in a row. And guess what? Madden did. And it was a game that he shouldn't have been in because they were up by like six. And it was, he just messed up the bullpen at the point where it's like, all right, we're going to throw you out there. And then a week later, the injury, he complained about the injury. 
And that was really the end of the Matt and Theo relationship, I feel like. I don't think, I think they still got along, but I think at that moment, Theo was pretty pissed and was like, you were told not to do this. And now he's injured. And now we have to, sh- and, and you, Darvish, was injured slash bad. You know, he kind of got messed up, I think. Um, from the Astro sign stealing thing, perhaps there was something, he was kind of a head case in the early going with the Cubs, maybe the big contract, there was pressure. I don't know. Tyler Chatwood was bad. So the three big free agent signings going into 2018 weren't working out in 2018. Well, Morrow was working out though. Morrow was had like a 1.5 ERA when he got hurt. He was on his way to being an all-star. He was looking like the guy we signed from the Dodgers. And again, that was only a two-year deal for like 18 million. No two-year deal should cripple a major market team. It just shouldn't. Tyler Chatwood's three years at 13 million per. Yeah, that's kind of a higher AAV for a guy that you weren't getting anything from. So that one stung. Darvish's contract ended up looking like a steal by the, by the time 2020 rolled around because what was he runner up for Cy Young? Some some argue he should have won Cy Young over Trevor Bauer that year. And then they traded him for four prospects, two of which I think are going to be legit stars. So yeah, it was a good move. And um, in the second half of 2019, he was great. So it's really just, he hit a good 2019 overall. Slow going, though. He was, he was inconsistent the first couple months, but then was lights out in the second half. And then was amazing in 2020. So he had, yeah, really one bad year. Uh, that's why you can't judge a, a free agent contract based on just uh, you know, a few months. You know, a few months into a season, I see a lot of people be like, this, this was a bust. This was a bust. Like, calm yourself a little bit. You know, there's no reason to freak out Cubs fans or, or sport. This is sports in general. You know, I'm talking to Cubs fans right now. So that's why I'm kind of like going, all right, just to give you a, a heads up. Uh, let me check something real quick. I'm getting a, a notification saying like uh, people can't comment. Is that like a thing with uh, going live on Twitter now? Maybe. Maybe that is. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I bring up the 2018 because I figured this is a good time. I have more time to talk to you. Normally when I do the recaps, I just recap the game as fast as I can because I only get two minutes and 20 seconds. Try to make it entertaining. I do. I try to throw my own little unique spin on things because, look, there's a million different recaps you could get. There's tons of people who cover the team who could give you the proper X's and O's of what happened. Um, I like to make it a little different. So if you're looking for straight baseball, this guy went two for four. This guy went three for four. This guy went 0 for four. First of all, read the box score. Right, you don't even need to follow anyone for that sort of thing, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be dry about it. Um, so that's what made me laugh a little bit. I'll go back. I'm gonna I'm weaving in and out of stories here. Uh, let me focus on 2018, and then I'll tell you more about my Cubs, my journey into Cubs Twitter and being a Cubs, a guy who does Cubs content. Right, a little backstory, but the backstory starts with 2018. And when, um, you know, so I talked about the free agent signings there that didn't work out for the 2018 season. They still nonetheless won 95 games. The Cubs in 2018 won 95 games. It was, I believe, tied for the with the Milwaukee Brewers as the best record in baseball or in the National League. So then the Dodgers only won like 92 that year. So, and then we had to play in the wild card game because we became the wild card, even though we had, I guess if you count game 163, the second best record in the National League to the Brewers. And it's just like, what? Like, it's just, it was so frustrating of an end. And, you know, when Theo made the comment, the offense broke, I really believe he thought, all right, I'm going to use our insane resources to fix the offense. Ownership had different plans. Some people say they lost faith in Theo's ability to recognize free agents because he went 0 for 3 
I still don't like them counting Morrow as an 0-4 because he got hurt. He was great until he got hurt. The one thing, he sucked and then got hurt. But no, he was great, then got hurt anyway. And then, um, yeah, so I think I think maybe if that was the case, if the if the if Ricketts right there said I don't trust this guy to do it, and look, the payroll is going to be what the payroll is. If you want to add anybody, you got to make some trades, going to move people around. And Theo probably thought, all right, well, I'm going to eat crow for this because I said the offense broke, and now I can't do anything about it unless I trade some people. Now, who am I going to trade? based off of their 2018 season because that's what matters trades are what have you done for me lately for the most part am i gonna trade javi bias who is runner-up in mvp hell no it's a one-of-a-kind player I'm not gonna do that am i gonna trade anthony rizzo who also had a very solid 2018 mm -mm. uh chris bryant missed 60 games people forget 2018 was the first year chris bryant was hurt he missed 60 games had a bad year not even a bad year he's still like 20 percent above league average as a hitter but didn't put up the type of season we'd become accustomed to from 2015 to 2017. That's another thing. They, they won 95 games with Chris Bryant missing 60 and you Darvish being bad. If Darvish was even average and Chris Bryant played 30 more games, they probably won hundred games. I really believe that. So is he going to trade Bryant with his stock as low as it's been? No, no you're not going to trade a former MVP off of a bad year. So Bryant's out. Uh, Schwarber in 2018, I believe actually had a good year, but a lefty masher who was cost under control for a few more years. You're going to want to be blown away for that offer. You know, um, if I recall 2018, Schwarber got a little bit banged up in September. So he missed like the last week or two, but he still had like 26 home runs, uh, OPS close to 800. And, um, his defense was better that year. I believe he had a 3.2, uh, war. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I remember his war. That was like his best war season if you go to fan graphs. So who are you going to move then? Wilson Contreras? No, right? Young catcher, cannon of an arm. Ben Zobris in 2018 had a very good year, so maybe you trade him, but then it's like you need more like Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist was a high contact guy. He had a really, really good 2018, hit like 307. So what are you going to do going into 2019? It wouldn't make sense to trade Zobrist. You probably could have gotten something for him, but then who do you replace him with? Uh, just none of it added up. So with nothing to do in the budget, all they could do was roll the dice again going into 2019. Hope Darvish backs, bounces back, which he did a little late, though. Um, you hope the bullpen gets going strong, but with Morrow out, that was a rough go of it. There was just a lot there. And so because they didn't do any signings because there was nothing in the budget, they went into 2019 some holes in the bullpen and a hole or two in the offense. The offense lacked depth. So Javi, even though he was finished runner up at MVP in 2018, he faded in September. September was his worst, worst month statistically. So they were trying to find out we need a backup shortstop to give Javi some more breaks. All right. They, they made a mistake trading La Stella because he ended up having a really good year, but they still thought they had Ben Zobrist. Addison Russell was still under contract. There's still a lot of shit going on with that. That's a whole nother conversation of what they should have done with Edison Russell sooner than later. A lot of people are like, you get rid of that piece of shit immediately. But what people forget, do you know who didn't want them to get rid of him? His ex-wife. Okay. Because she gets a chunk of that salary. So she was team. Let's rehabilitate him. Let's make him go to counseling. Let's see if we could write this wrong of him being a piece of shit. 
And so I think the Cubs were trying to do right by Melissa, I believe her name was. That was a while ago, this story. So now I'm blank. I think it's Melissa. And I think they're, I, so I respect them for thinking of the kids that would need that income and all that. And then thinking, all right, if he goes to counseling and all this, people can get better. It's happened before. I don't think he got better. I think he was still doing douchey things uh, from what we had heard. Like he had one um, child support that he paid and all changed just to be a dick. So it's like, all right, this guy really isn't growing up. And he just wasn't growing up as a player. He was like getting worse. So, but that was five million that could have been spent elsewhere. I also understand it's just it was just bad luck. So Obris gets hurt that year, and we're like, damn, Lestella would be nice to have around. They picked up Descalso because they were looking for a veteran presence, and he had the clutch gene for a while, Descalso, until he became a Cub, and then um, and he for for a time could play a little shortstop. It didn't look right though. We we put him there a couple times where he's like, this doesn't look right. He doesn't look like a shortstop at all. So that was a failed move. They they picked up Kimbrell only because Zobrist had marital problems where he took a leave. He wasn't getting paid during that. So that opened up the money to go get Kimbrell. Kimbrell didn't have a spring training, was rushing himself, was trying to prove people wrong for not signing him right away. He's like, I'm a seven-time all-star. I can't believe they didn't sign me right away. They did that with a few people, though. That was a time in baseball where you saw the writing on the wall for the lockout, where they were holding out on a pricier free agents and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, anyway, I, I'm just trying to break it down for people what went wrong. Because so many people want to just point to one specific thing. And I'm like, no, it was a, it was a fucking weird clusterfuck of shit and <laughs> a domino effect. A clusterfuck of shit is just the perfect way to describe post-2018 Cubs. Because 2019 Cubs finished with 84 wins. They made that great trade to pick up Nick Castellanos, who was a, a jolt of energy, a refreshing approach, and was killing it. Absolutely killing it. I don't think anyone has ever been that productive in a trade. Acquiring someone like hitter wise, he was like one of the best hitters in baseball from when we got him at the deadline to the end of the season. But we didn't have the bullpen. We lost a lot of games by one run. Javi got hurt in September, missed most of September. Rizzo blew up his foot. There was just injuries again. And it happens. I remember at the end of 2019, people feeling like really, really angry. And I was like, hey, it just wasn't our year. It doesn't mean we can't bounce back into the playoffs again in 2020. And they did. They won the division in 2020 under the new manager, David Ross, during a global pandemic. Yeah, it was a 60-game season. The offense still didn't do anything the last six weeks of that 60-game season, which is like the second half of the last 30 games. I feel like the offense struggled as a whole because we saw what was wrong with the team. Too many hitters with the same profile. So if you faced a guy who knew how to throw a certain way, he was going to attack and exploit these hitters. There was no balance once Zobris wasn't there. So Zobris was not on the 2020 team. He had basically retired. And Nico Horner got brought up late in 2019. Still very young. Put on, like He was supposed to be like the next hitter that's a like a Zobris, high contact guy. It just wasn't enough balance. They needed more balance in the offense. Going into 2021, that was the start of the rebuild to me. When they traded Darvish, that is when the rebuild had begun. Think about it. If you're trying to win, you don't trade your best pitcher. You just don't do that. And a lot of people say, well, it was a good trade. Yeah, it was a good trade. I'm not disagreeing with that. I liked the return. I was one of the few people who liked the return at the time. I did because I said, look, these guys aren't ranked prospects yet. But you act like that doesn't mean they're eventually going to be. We didn't get one top 100 prospect. I'm like, I'd rather take four guys that I was pretty certain are going to become top 100 prospects than one or two guys that are ranked 50th and 60th. You know, the rank don't fall too much in love with the prospect rankings. They say something, but they don't say everything. Let me just put it that way. 
again, because I mentioned Addison Russell earlier, he was once ranked the number three prospect in all baseball. Number three. Did he turn out to be a super superstar? No, he didn't. People all across all the baseball experts were like, this is an MVP in the making. We, th- we think he's going to have a Barry Larkin type career. Barry Larkin won an MVP. Barry Larkin might be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure. I think he is. So, but it didn't, it just didn't happen. And, but yeah, to me, this is why this is year two of a rebuild. I can have a whole nother episode. Maybe I'll get a guest down and we can talk about how we feel about the rebuild. Now, again, I wanted to give the history of my becoming like a Cubs content guy. Uh, so I started tweeting more about them, started following other people who were in Cubs Twitter and realized there's this whole community, had some fun with it. And, um, Met like Danny Rocket, Matt Crawley, met um, Sarah Sanchez. Uh, have never met the Dom, uh, Dom Frederick, director of Morel, personally, but I've talked to him. Uh, great dude. And then, yeah, just started, you know, uh, there's other dudes. And then I, um, these dudes from Cubbies on Tap, part of On Tap Sports Network, they reached out to me. I got Cody, who's now with CHGO Cubs. Uh, I did his podcast called the sky's falling. And then from there he goes, Hey, um, I guess Cody didn't hit me up directly, but he recommended me. And the dudes from on tap sports asked me if I wanted to be like a contributor to their Cubs team. And I was like, sure. Uh, I can't really write articles though. I'm a stay at home dad comedian at night. The, I mean, I helped out with this like top, we did like a top Sammy Sosa moments thing. And then I was doing, some other stuff here or there. I had an interview with my buddy Roy Wood Jr., who's on The Daily Show, who's a huge Cubs fan, threw that up there. But I, I, I was honest with him. Like, I can't really do anything. I'm just, my lifestyle won't allow me to write blogs. I don't, I don't really want to be a blogger. I have no interest in doing any of that. There's a lot of people out there who do it well. I don't think I'm one of them or could be one of them. Just have the time. But I'll be happy to do the Cubs podcast. And it was fun. Uh, Ron Luce and uh, a few other dudes on there who are just really good dudes. It was me, Ron, and Cody most of the time. And from there, uh, and I love my time with those guys, I got recruited from another podcast. I don't want to name. I kind of hinted at this earlier. There was no falling out with them. I voluntarily resigned. Uh, I just, I don't want to say anything bad. There's nothing bad to say. The only reason I don't want to mention them by name is because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this right now. Cause I think when I signed my contract with them, I think they were like, if you quit, you can't do another thing for X amount of time. So I don't know if I'm allowed to do a, a podcast without them getting mad. I don't know if that's the case though. Who knows? And who gives a shit? This tech, if, if, if I, if they say something and go, Hey, you can't do this. I'll turn it to just a video only show. Cause I'm planning on releasing this audio, but whatever, you know what I mean? All right. Um, Let's talk. So, yeah. So, and then I'm, I started doing the Cubs recap videos in 2020 season because as a comedian, there's no comedy. So, I'm like, I'll do these recaps. People responded very well to them. They liked them. I like doing them. I stopped doing them a little bit toward the end of last year because I just got really fucking heartbroken over the, the trades that happened of the core players. So, it felt like an end of an era. And yeah, it just sucked because it felt like, you know, we're a big market team, we're so damn loyal. As a fan base, we pay the highest ticket prices in baseball. There was no reason to not develop again while rebuilding. Or not even rebuild, but like they could have done a bridge year. Like the Yankees in 2016 when they traded Andrew Miller and Chapman. I think there was another trade in there. They were like, all right, we're not going to the playoffs. We got these expiring assets. Let's move them, restock our farm a little bit, and then we'll come right back out next year and, and compete in the playoffs again. And they did. 
They did. They missed the playoffs in 2016, reloaded a little bit. 2017, they lost in the ALCS to the cheating Astros. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I thought the Cubs could do. So when they traded Darvish and got that return, I go, all right, they got this really nice return, but they're all like 17 and 18, you know, they can barely smoke. And I'm like, all right, well, that they're a ways away. And who are, who do we have that's close? Brennan Dave. All right. And then so 2021, they didn't really put an effort in. They they were in first place until June. Then they go on an 11 game losing streak. I feel like the pressure, they just knew if we we had to be in contention at the at the break or else we're gone. I think they knew that. And once the wheels came off, they came off hard. That's when everybody goes up there trying to hit a fucking grand slam when there's nobody on base. That type of mentality, you know, you're just gonna fail, especially with baseball, which is such a mental game. And then, uh, and then you know, they all get dealt away. So I thought, all right, but now we have all the money in the world. Going into 2022, there was so little committed. And they did spend. They, I like the Stroman signing. I like the Suzuki signing. Wade Miley was a good pickup, even though he's hurt or was hurt. He's back now. Um, you know, a couple of the fringe signings, just like whatever, just a few million here or there. Four million for Simmons is like, I don't know. Um, you know, so, yeah, there was... But I just felt like an incomplete thing. It's like they signed Stroman. We're like, fuck yeah, we got Stro. Hell yeah. Then the lockout happens. We're like, this sucks. Like, is it going to come back? It comes back. People are starting to fall off the board. Bigger names here or there. We're like, all right, shit, we better get someone. We get Suzuki. We're like, great. 27 years old. Love the tools. Think he's going to come over and adjust real well. Good signing. And I like that sign. But I, I said, I'm like, if this is the offensive signing, I, I'm not happy. It's not him. I want him to be the second. I wanted two big offensive signings, him to be the second one to take less pressure off of him coming over. And it didn't happen. And I wanted another bullpen arm and it didn't happen. Although the pen's been looking really strong recently and they, they really seem to know how to um, find gold in the bullpen. They've been, the, the bullpen's been really solid the last few years, I feel like. So it's just, it just felt incomplete, didn't it? I, I know there's some people out there. We spent a ton. I'm like, yeah, but we're still 15th in payroll. We spent 150 million dollars. We could have the luxury tax starts at 230 million now. So we there was about almost 80 million more to spend. That's what kills me. The Cubs were getting beaten up by the Dodgers on Sunday Night Baseball a weekend ago, and I remember tweeting because Freddie Freeman was killing us. I was like, the Cubs could have signed Freddie Freeman and still been like 45, 50 million dollars under the luxury tax. What do you sign for 23 million, 24 million a year? Maybe it would have been a little bit higher for us because we aren't World Series bound like the Dodgers are. Even so. And then the point wasn't so much that, oh my God, we should have got Freeman. The point was how under the luxury tax we were. That's what I wanted to emphasize. The second half of that is really what I should emphasize. Because I got into a lot of arguments with people and they're like, we think we were a Freeman away from competing. First of all, those people are nuts too. I hate it when people act like to a couple of the right signings doesn't turn around a whole team. Because lineups have like this, it's like a domino effect. You bring in a Freddie Freeman, he's your number three hitter. He, even though you've been putting your best hitter number two, but I think he'd be a three hitter. He then eases the pressure off of everyone else. And everyone slots down further where they should be. You know, Ian Happ's having a nice season. He's not a three hitter. He could drop down to five then. Contreras could be four. Now you have a, a heart of the order of Freeman, Contreras, Happ. It's pretty good right there. And then Suzuki could bat second or Suzuki could bat sixth. Either way, and it takes the pressure off Suzuki too. Because he's not then all of a sudden the savior, the whole please 
please say uh, please save us we need you it's not like that now right everyone then goes sliding down there's less pressure on schwindel because i think he would have been the dh now a lot of people are mad it's uh they're like these stupid Cubs fans thinking Schwindel and Wisdom were going to be the answer. No one thought that. No, no nobody honestly. Yeah, Schwindel and Wisdom were a fun storyline the last two months of the season. That's it. With Ortega too. It was something to take your mind off of it. In everyone's heart of hearts, we went, we went into this. Here's how I thought about it. And I, could, I think I could speak for a lot of people with this. We went into this season thinking, all right, Schwindel and Wisdom earned a chance to start in 2022. They did. They 100% earned a chance. But if you're going into 2022 relying on them to do what they did in 2021, it's, it could be a real ugly year. It could be a real ugly year. Now, thankfully, the two of them came up big today. Wisdom had a home run and a double, and Schwindel drove him in in the ninth inning after he hit that double, which would have been a home run in most ballparks. Arizona's got big, funky dimensions. So... You know, and I'm not saying like, oh, this is going to start a whole thing with them, but I'm not going to hate on Schwindel and Wisdom. I'm rooting for them hard. And Wisdom has been a solid player. Wisdom gives you damn near elite defense at third base and some pop. He is a nice number seven hitter, six hitter on a, on a good a good amount of teams, actually. He's a solid major leaguer. And making, what, $700,000 a year? Tremendous value. Schwindel's got a, a ways to go before people start to feel a little bit better about him. But I mentioned, I just used Freeman as an example because like, when you see a lineup, unless it's really, really bad and there's not much there, but really the, just two big bats could change so much. It could change the complexion of a lineup. I like using the word complexion. I don't even know if it's correct. I think it's correct in, the, in that regard. So much. It really could. I mean, I remember from the 06 Cubs to the 07 Cubs, just the difference of adding Soriano and Mark DeRosa was a huge difference. Most of that lineup was the same as 06. The 06 Cubs offense wasn't much at all. And they had a leadoff hitter in Juan Pierre. The, the, in 07, they added literally Soriano was the big ad. And then it was uh, Mark DeRosa. Now, I remember being like, this team's too right-handed. So they tried to overcorrect that. Well, they overcorrected, but they got Fukudome. Jim Edmonds, actually, that was a pickup late in the year. They actually played very well for them. But it was still the balance wasn't there. And that's what I'm worried about with this current Cubs crop of talent is there's not a lot of left-handed hitters. Um, Brennan Davis is a righty. He'll be coming up. Well, he's injured right now, but I still think maybe we'll see him in September. I think if he didn't get off to a slow start and get hurt, maybe there's a chance they bring him up sooner than that. I don't really know if they're going to into the whole, you know, manipulation of contracts again, where it's like, Oh, just keep him down for the whole year. He is only, I think just turned 22. So it's not a whole lot to rush there. Caleb killing. On the other hand, I would like to see up June or July. Uh, we brought up Kyle Hendricks in July of 2014. That wasn't a year we were competing, but it's like, let's see this guy. Same thing. And pitching's different than hitting. If you're throwing 97, 98, that plays at any level. It's not like offensively where it's, you know, there's guys who will hit 350 at AAA Iowa, come up and bat 120. Because, it does, you know, it, it's just you're facing different competition. But pitching, if you're watching, especially with what we know is spin rate, you got a guy whose curveball spinning better than guys in the, you could we could measure this now. Pitchers only have so many innings, so why waste them? If, he, if he's dominating like Caleb Killian has been dominating, bring his ass up. What are we waiting on? That's how I view it. All right, let me check again to see if there's any comments on Twitter because I don't know if I have this link where I could get live comments. I don't think so. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I messed that up a little bit. All right. Um, but, yeah, 
it was just a great road trip to win four out of six, to win back-to-back series, to win two out of three. That's my been my big thing. That's I'm a, one of those guys. If I'm cliched at all as a baseball fan, which I'm, I am in a few ways. As a matter of fact, if you're a baseball fan and you don't have some cliches in your baseball views, you're boring. Okay. Or you're not a real baseball fan. You got to have a few traditions, a few quirks about yourself. I'm a big two out of three. Like if I was a manager, I'd always preach. Let's win series. Because if you win consistently win series, you're going to find that you're going to find yourself in a good spot, you know? And there's something about the mental approach too, because it's a long season. 162 games is a grind. That is a grind. So you lose the first game of a road trip. You say, it's all right. Let's win tomorrow. We win tomorrow. We got a chance to win the series on Sunday. That's how that's how I do it. I'd always be like, all right, we still got a chance to win the series. All right, we won the first two games. Let's go for the sweep. Let's step on their necks. See, there's just ways you could pump up the troops. You could get the guys going, right? Some good good, good chatter. We got, we got to fucking go. Let's go and sweep these motherfuckers. Let's do it. Right? Some fun stuff like that, you know? I'm a big fan of that kind of thinking. And uh, yeah, there was a lot to like Justin Steele pitching. I'm going to wrap up the podcast with this. Uh, I still see a lot of people who want Justin Steele to be the left-handed version of Kingan Thompson on the bullpen. I don't. I want us, I want Justin Steele to be in the starting rotation all season. He's going to have his bumps. He's looked good his last two outings. He was shaky the couple starts before that. Look, there's going to be ups and downs. It's his first full season starting. He's 25 years old, I believe, which isn't a spring chicken when it comes to like a rookie or anything like that. Although we have to remind ourselves the pandemic year took a year off a lot of people. So, you know, if, you, if there's a prospect are going to be coming up where you're like, this guy's 25. Why didn't he make it earlier? Remember, they all missed a year of development. So I like Justin Steele's stuff. I want to see what we got in him. Worst case scenario, he, he starts in the bullpen next year. But let's give this a real go. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Keegan Thompson in the rotation. Let's give this a go. Look, we're not, this year is not about winning. We need to know that right now. We need to accept that as Cubs fans. It is very clear that they went into the season hoping some a lot would go right. And, you know, we're 13 and 20 right now. We're facing the Pirates in Arizona again. We've been in Arizona two out of three on the road. We take two out of three. You know, we could win four out of six again. We go four and two of our next. Actually, it's a four-game set against Arizona. So we got seven games coming up. We win five out of seven. That puts us at 18 and 22. Now we're starting to flirt with 500. And yes, being at 500 and could get you that extra wild card spot now. You make the right moves. You know, we got a lot of depth in the farm. But in the same regard, I'm okay with this being a full rebuild year. Um, I don't want us to trade Wilson Contreras. He needs to be extended. That could be a whole fucking episode. Um, I think I'm bouncing around topics because I haven't done a Cubs podcast in a long time. And I'm excited. And I just know there's a lot of things to talk about. So this whole episode, I'm giving you little sneak peeks, little teases of what we can talk about. Because that's the challenge. That is the challenge of covering a team that's in a rebuild. Is how do you keep it interesting? How do you keep it fun? That was one. Fucking this son of a bitch. There's this dude who commented on my previous Cubs podcast. Now, I only read reviews because I got into a thing with White Sox Twitter. Uh, they didn't understand. There's there's always context to something. Someone deleted a tweet. My tweet remained up, but without their tweet, my tweet looked ridiculous. 
And it was like, all right, this was at one in the morning. You need to understand there was a give and take and a back and forth between a few people. The one got out of there because the notifications were going nuts on his part. You guys didn't care enough about him. He only had 132 followers. I have a lot of followers and I have my own Cubs podcast. So they started leaving me bad reviews. They started tweeting at the network being like, Hey, you got this good looking, you know, it's a little annoying, but whatever. Um, and look, I know a lot of good Sox fans out there. I don't root for you guys because I grew up in Chicago where you have to pick a team. I'm not saying you have to be like me listeners. You could be like whoever you want to be like, that's just how I am. I grew up where Sox fans were assholes to me. Okay. And so I look, I've got friends, good friends who are Sox fans. So the Sox do well, I'm happy for them, but you're never going to see me being like, oh, well, as long as Chicago's doing well, I don't care about that because true Chicagoans grow up where it's like you pick a team. And if you're from the suburbs or you move here from another town or another state or whatever, and you decide to like both, go ahead. Cause that's who I realize are the people who do that. The people who I find like the, who are like, I'm a Cubs and a Sox fan. Unless you work in sports media like Dave Kaplan, I've talked to Kaplan on Twitter about this, and he goes, I root for both. And I'm like, of course you do. You work in Chicago sports media. You can't shit on one side. I get that. I'm not I'm not even mad at you for it. I totally, I understand. I respect it. But don't get mad at fans who don't agree with that. The city of Chicago used to have two football teams. We all know that we still have the Bears, but we used to have the Cardinals, who are out in Arizona now. They used to be the Chicago Cardinals. The Cardinals played at Comiskey Park which is now right by where Guaranteed Rate, is that what it's still called? Guaranteed Rate or they change it again? Guaranteed Rate Field is. And the Bears played at Wrigley. So if you were a Northside Cubs fan, you were also a Bears fan. If you were a Southside Sox fan, you were also a Cardinals fan. When the Cardinals moved, some people were like, all right, I guess I'm a Bears fan now, which I get, you only have one team. But a lot of them became what? They became Packers fans. So if you meet Sox fans who are also Packers fans, now you know why because their grandfather or great-grandfather was like i'm not rooting for the fucking bears because it was an intense rivalry even then that's just i think that's kind of the fun i think it's fun you're you're fortunate enough to live in a city with two professional franchises i think it's kind of cool to make a rivalry out of it and a lot of people are like nope cardinals and brewers that's who we hate Sox games don't matter they don't I'm like okay if they didn't matter why do socks why were Sox fans celebrating when cleveland was up three games to one you know that there was a strong amount of Sox fans celebrating the Cubs being on the brink of losing in the World Series. Bars on the South Side were giving away free shots for when the Indians scored runs. Seriously, I recently took a screenshot. There's a bar called McNally's on 111th. I want to say like Mount Greenwood neighborhood like near Beverly on the southwest side of the city. They rate they put out the L flag when the Cubs lose. So like. And everyone says, oh, well, just because they do it doesn't mean you have to. I'm like, yeah, it does. Fuck it. Sure. I'm not, I'm not much be the bigger person. I'll be the bigger person in life. I'll be the bigger person. Um, like for things that are truly, truly important when it comes to sports, I'm going to be a child. All right. I'm happy to be one. Um, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit to an extent, but I bring this up because I was reading the reviews of my last podcast and they were all positive until that happened. Then they flooded it with one star reviews. I was like, whatever. Then I saw one there. The guy said, Joe's handled this season as poorly as possible. If you want a podcast where the guy's going to talk about his favorite moments at Wrigley Field, getting almost getting into fights at the bleacher, the dream of throwing out the first page, the times he met Anthony Rizzo, blah, 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 blah. Then this is the podcast for you. And I remember being like, everything you just described, dude, that's the podcast I want to do, especially when the team sucks. What, like, what am I going to tell you? You want me to talk about the fucking box score every day? You nerd do that shit yourself. 
you can't like honestly if i were a sports fan who was unless i missed the game who just wants them to tell me what happened i can do that myself dude there's a hundred podcasts out there i want to do one that that tells the story in my way i want to give my opinion and people won't always agree with that they won't always like it but i also want to make it fun i want to make it a fun atmosphere uh so yeah there's going to be some episodes where we talk about like random players from way back when you know what I mean? We're going to talk about how Doug Desenzo is one of the cooler names in sports. We're going to talk about how Luis Salazar had a weird warm-up. We're going to talk about um, Mike Fontenot and Ryan Terrio. We're going to, like, you know what I mean? Like that, especially when you're rebuilding and talking about, like, they had a second 11-game losing streak. What was that? Late August, early September last year. You wanted every day to listen to a podcast because it was basically a daily podcast. Weekends off where I go, okay, we lost again today. Here's how we lost. Um, we couldn't pitch. We couldn't hit. We couldn't fucking field. All right. What do you want me to talk about for the next 29 minutes? <laughs> fucking like, seriously, that, that's insane to me. So that's what I'm going to try to do. I'll try to have episodes where we talk about uh, why Wilson Contreras should be extended. Have episodes where who I want us to target for free agency. Have episodes where I talk about what went wrong this season. Uh, we'll do some blast from the past type stuff where it's like, Dude, let's talk about how sick Ernie Banks was. Let's talk about Ferguson Jenkins' streak of six seasons of 20 or more wins. And we'll have an episode where we talk about why the win-loss win record for pitchers is outdated and really shouldn't even be focused upon anymore. You know, I'll go around the league. Like, let's do shit like that. Let's keep it fun. Um, So to that guy who went by Joe the Plumber, you know why? Because I wanted to look this son of a bitch up. I wanted to find him on Twitter and tweet at him going, hey, dude, I read your reviews. I don't give a fuck, man. Um, I know it sounds like I give a fuck because I'm ranting about it, but I, I think the reason I did strike a chord with me was because you said you didn't like the podcast I was trying to do. And then you said, here's the podcast I want. And I'm like, oh, you want boring bullshit. That's boring, man. You know why sports center took off in the nineties and ESPN became insanely popular. I don't even think ESPN is good anymore, but there was a time when ESPN was much must watch TV by everyone. Before they became completely biased in a lot of the stuff they do, became remember again the LeBron network and the, you know the East Coast bias and you know they fall in love with a storyline and drive it through your skull until you hate that storyline. Remember Jeremy Lin? Everyone's like, oh, this is a great story. This guy, this guy didn't play at all, and I was getting a shot, and he's playing great, awesome. And then they kept talking about it, talking about it, where you're like, you know what? I hope Jeremy Lin twists an ankle and never plays again. <laughs> I actually, you don't want that, but that's how that network would make you feel. But ESPN, what made them stand out? Yeah, it was a 24-hour sports network where no one else was doing it. But there was other ones. There was the sports channel. There was a few other sports things here or there. But what made them stand out was they had humor. They brought, they were funny. They had those great commercials. They knew how to have some fun. They had catchphrases. They had Stuart Scott saying, boom, goes the dynamite and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Cooler than the other side of the pillow. That guy had some good ones, right? They, that's, they knew that they had to keep it fun. And I've watched other networks that tried to compete with them. You know, whether it was, uh, God, what was the one? It was Fox Sportsnet. Chicago had it for a stretch. Then Fox Sportsnet became Comcast Sports Channel. Then it's NBC Sports Network, you know. And CLTV had a sports show for a little bit. I'm trying to think what other local stuff came about. Uh, but I've seen there's, there's CBS Sports Line. There's, uh, shit, what else? Well, Fox Sports Net, nationally, I, I can't stand that. They, they had such bad personalities. Um, guys who talk, like, there was answer their own question do i think mike trout's one of the greatest baseball players of all time 
Yes, yes, I do. Do I think he'll be remembered that way? No, I don't. Like it's they they do that thing. It's, it drives me insane. Um, yeah, and then they talk out of. I get they're busy, but I feel like if you're gonna bring up stats, you better fucking know them. There are people who will bring up a stat, or I'm like, that's that's incorrect. I remember one time, this guy was like, "Oh, there's different reports about when he was injured. He was saying he's been having back problems since he was 18. The other report says he's been having it since uh, he was in the minors. Hey, dummy, how old do you think he was in the minors? Like, if, they thought they had this gotcha moment. Can't remember who the fuck that was. Dan McNeil, maybe. Um, I don't know. Someone, some local guy had that. I remember just like screaming at the radio. So yes, you're gonna get stats. You're gonna get passion. You're gonna get uh, my love for the Cubs. That's why it's called True Blue Cubs. Uh, you're gonna there's gonna be episodes you're probably gonna hate. You're probably gonna be like, man, Joe sucked today. <laughs> it's that's how that goes. That and I'm fine with that. Um, and if they get if they lose ten games in a row, that game number nine or of that losing streak, game number ten of that losing streak, I might barely talk about the game that was. I might find something else to talk about completely. It'll be baseball and cub related, but there you go. I might talk about the time I went to a Wrigley rooftop and maybe threatened violence in a way I shouldn't have. And then you, you live and learn and you grow and you apologize, right? Like, you know, I, you find ways to, to, to pass the time, but I'm not gonna, God, that guy was boring. How boring is that guy? Joe, the plumber commenting on podcast and was that an Apple podcast. I think he made that comment. Good Lord, have fun with missionary sex, you dork. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say nerd anymore because nerds are kind of cool now. Don't you notice that? A lot, a lot of people say, I got friends who are like, I'm a, I'm a wrestling nerd. And I'm like, okay, so you, you're just saying you really like a thing you like. I think dork is more the insult because nerds are successful usually. Nerds are people who just have a thing that they're, I'm a Marvel nerd. Like, okay. By the way, they say they're a nerd about something that's super popular sometimes. Pro wrestling is extremely popular. So if you say you're a wrestling nerd, I'm like, okay, you like a thing that pretty a lot of people like. Oh, you're a Marvel nerd. Oh, the thing, those movies that make billions of dollars. Oh yeah, wow, you're you're bold. Um, but people, that guy, that guy's a dork. <laughs> I don't like interesting podcasts. Please break down the box score for me. How many guys did the seven hitter leave on base? Let's talk about that. Fucking tool. Um, but yeah, it was a good series. I hope they uh, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> like how I went, I tried to slide back into actually recapping the game, but Justin Steele, I like where I saw 10 strikeouts. Uh, the stuff looks sharp. The defense did not behind him. Um, hopefully Nico got is hurt. I'm not going to put this one under the injury prone thing. He ran into an umpire. That's just bad luck. Hopefully it's nothing too bad. And when he's eligible to come off, he comes off and they're just kind of thinking to themselves, ah, the ankle's not quite right. <sighs> You've already missed three games. Let's miss. Let's just miss another week. Let's just do the 10 day thing. Let's just do that. Come on. You know, we're going to wait another two days. And at that point, I know it could always be retroactive, but they just made the decision. Let's, we need some help here. Our defense is horrible right now. Jonathan VR, bad. Vargas, not a shortstop. It's so Angelton Simmons. I'm glad he's up now. All right, Cubs fans. I hope you enjoyed my 45 minutes plus of rambling. This has been Joe Kilgan with the True Blue Cubs podcast. As always, go Cubs. <laughs>